0: So today we're talking to Eric. Hi, Eric. Hi, Jastik. Uh, we are going to talk about CLJ Commons, uh, but before we jump in there, how about a few words about who is Eric and what you're doing and in general?
1: Yeah. So Eric lives in Oslo, Norway, uh, where it's fairly dark right now. Uh, it's wintertime. Um, I started coding Clojure in uh, 2014, uh, more or mm-hmm. less, and Way went sort of. I got that. I was lucky enough to do that professionally from from the get go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I searched around a little bit for jobs and landed my first sort of real closure job in I think 2016. And mm-hmm. then since then I've been coding, um, yeah, coding closure full time, um, yeah. which I really enjoy. Uh, I try to sort of avoid uh, management, but it's really really hard to do that. <laughs> And I'm also a very proud recipient of uh, sponsorship from uh, from Cognitech for mm-hmm. for my work in Clojure. Right.
0: Uh, so, what did you do before? How how did you even end up on closure? What was the trigger point? Um. So. I
1: like ever since university so in university we which is starting to become some time ago uh we used emacs right and mm-hmm. uh so you got i got exposed uh to uh, to lisp fairly early mm-hmm. and we also had uh, some courses uh, which involved lisps uh, which i thought were cool mm-hmm. and so always sort of been looking at this uh, and and Basically, I I started working professionally in Perl and then transitioned to Java. And I found Java to be like... Perl was a fun language insofar that you can say it's ugly with all the sigils and all that stuff. But it's a fun language. It's a language where you can explore things and you can master the language where Java is more like a dead language. And coming from Perl to, to, to Java, it was like in Perl, you solve everything with hash maps and lists, right? And then you come to uh, to Java and you have to have a class for everything. And there's just so right. much ceremony. Um, so I was constantly sort of looking for different things and you couldn't pass functions. And I remember sort of in... Uh, uh, early 2000 like 2001 or something I think uh, Martin Odersky came out with this language called pizza which had like uh, first class functions and stuff mm-hmm. and that sort of oh I want that and so I've sort of always been on the search for for functional programming mm-hmm. I think and then um, I was uh, like in 2012 2013 I was uh, working both front and back end and Uh, javascript was sort of showing itself as more of a functional language because you had like map filter reduce and those kind of things and started exploring that and started to read up on groovy on scala on closure and then wanted to sort of introduce scala at the place i was working and then i got um, i got this project that was sort of uh, off to the side and just me working on it and i was you know, okay, so we'd do it on the JVM, but uh, didn't know what language. And uh, when push came to shove, it was just that uh, there was so much uh, syntax and stuff in Scala, and Clojure was uh, just a lisp, which was so so easy to start right. with. Um, right. And I think another, another sort of uh, interesting bit for me is that... Uh, one of the reasons I, I came to Clojure was for the easy bit and not for the simple bit. Mm-hmm. Um, insofar that, you know, prior to Java whatever, if you wanted to read something from a file, it was, you had to Google it because it was impossible to remember how to do it. Mm-hmm. Open some input stream and, and all that stuff, right? Clojure, right. it was Slurp. It right.
0: was done. Right. Yeah. yeah, Right. So you mentioned one thing. So you said that Java was a dead language and I assume you mean like not interactive in this way? Uh, well,
1: not, no, uh, I meant that it was like, it's boring. It's uh-huh. There's there's nothing to it. There's nothing to explore in the language. Everything that sort of you explore in, in Java is in design patterns or aspect-oriented programming. It's not like, um, you know, there's, like in Perl, there's just, you can play around with the syntax forever and you can do things in many ways. And that's one of the things of <laughs> Perl and perhaps right. not a good thing about Perl, but, It's a fun language to explore. Java is not a fun language to
0: explore. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And, uh, you know, you are sort of like the maintainer of uh, CLG Commons. And how did that came on your radar? And like, how did you start with this? And yeah. So I think um,
1: that this started at the time when we at work at RDoC, where I work, uh, we needed to add uh, SAML support for our uh, application. Uh, mm-hmm. So SAML is a protocol for doing single sign-on.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, there was this library floating around, uh, CLJ SAML or SAML CLJ. I don't remember which way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it had like seven forks, right? Mm-hmm. There And it was a sort of abandoned ware. Right. And each and every one of these forks was sort of like, oh, someone did this something here on this fork. Someone did something else on that fork. And then there was uh metabase um who had the most recent fork but basically it was like this is um, this is a waste of time and it's also like you get this uh so what do you do then if you know uh, fork 1 has this one bug fix that you need and fork 2 has this other bug fix do you do a fork 3 where you combine them or right uh, it just uh doesn't seem uh viable so uh i wanted basically a place where you could uh go and um, find, like, a recent up-to-date and uh, maintained version of these libraries where um, where the original um, maintainer or author had sort of moved on or lost right. interest or stuff like that.
0: Right, uh, yeah. I think it's normal also in projects that, you know, some people just move on, and I think, like, it's also good that people really, like, put out some warning signs and say something, like, the, or archive the projects so it's clear for everyone uh, using it, mm-hmm. but, Yeah. Uh, so you try to combine. So like, what other libraries are there in the CLJ Commons? Like, what else uh, do we have? And like, how do you even decide if this library should be in CLJ Commons and which shouldn't be? Or,
1: yeah. So um, we have this uh, one repository in CLJ Commons uh, on GitHub, uh, which is called uh, Meta, mm-hmm. uh, and Meta sort of describes the entry criteria for a library, and it's fairly subjective uh mm-hmm. it's like it has to be a somewhat popular library um, mm-hmm. that uh, where the original authors or maintainers have have moved on
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so the first uh library to actually get included was secretary which is i think a routing library for uh foreclosure script mm-hmm. um right and then uh the most uh not most. Let's so, so other interesting libraries that we have is we have Manifold. Uh, basically, Zach Telman uh, has moved on to uh, Microsoft and Scala,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, he doesn't have time to to uh, maintain his libraries anymore. So we have like Manifold, and then a whole host of other Zach Telman libraries uh, mm-hmm. which support Manifold. Right. Um, that is. That is, uh, Manifold is somewhat a special case because it's still under uh, more or less active development by uh, Matthew Davidson, Mm -hmm. Uh, because the thought from my side with CLJ Commons was that these were uh, done libraries, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what you would need was maybe there's a CVE, so like a security security issue with the library, Mm -hmm. or maybe uh, it... Only runs on JVM, whatever or Closure, whatever, uh, and you want to uh, bump uh, these these things
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so that I didn't want to take on sort of active maintaining maintainership of these libraries, but basically life support.
0: Right. So who else is supporting like maintaining those libraries apart from you? Are there any people? Uh, and how do you go about like yeah deciding what needs to be maintained and who needs to do what or is it more like volunteering basis? It is very much uh, on a voluntary
1: basis. Uh, Bork dude, uh, Michael Borkind, is, of course, here also uh, and helps out a lot. Uh, there's uh, Lee Reed, uh, mm-hmm. who's uh, done excellent work on Rewrite CLJ. So we had um, Rewrite CLJ as an old library, and then um, uh, Magnus... Uh, a uh, Norwegian uh, friend. Uh, he um, he made a rewrite CLJS, and then uh, Lee Reed went ahead and merged those together. So now we have a uh, rewrite CLJ, which is CLJC, which is uh, really nice.
0: So what is rewrite CL uh, re-write CLJS or slash C now? Uh,
1: what it is. Yeah. Um, Basically, it lets you parse. I think I I'm not sure really, uh, but it lets you parse uh, closure code, and it's uh, it's if I'm not mistaken, it sort of underpins everything because it also underpins uh, uh, CLJ Condo, and um, a lot of libraries are built on top of this, where you need to parse and manipulate uh, uh, closure source code.
0: Seems like I should talk to Lee Reed about this. I think you should. Yeah. Cool. Uh, right uh and um when you maintain all of those libraries or i guess as you mentioned this is per volunteering basis are there any places where if someone wants to uh, contribute or start contributing to closure libraries would there be anything that you would recommend to start with Uh,
1: so some of these libraries still have open issues and they have unreviewed prs and uh, helping out reviewing prs and um, solving the issues is of course uh, uh, that's welcome. Um, there is, um, I'm sure that there is documentation that can be written uh, for a lot of these things. Yeah. and um, I've also, for some of the projects, put in place uh, a thing that's fairly important to me is uh, a unified build process. So, um, a lot of these uh, libraries, they're published on, or most of them are published on Clojars, mm-hmm. uh, but they have been set up in such a way that um the release builds are done on some developers um computer mm-hmm. which is not great because uh we don't really then know uh what has been built with what sources right and we don't also know exactly which jvms and which versions of closure they have been built with mm-hmm. so i've set up a system uh, for deploying to closures from from circle ci and mm-hmm. um I haven't done that for all of them, but that's uh, that's some work that's um, need to be done on on mm-hmm. some of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so apart, so in, when it comes to CLG Commons, would there be anything else like you feel like it's worth to talk about? Is there anything to explore? Um, not so much really. Uh,
1: it's it is a low maintenance project in so far that. Um, the original authors have created value, and we're just sort of um, taking care of that value.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I know you also contributed uh, or updated the uh, data JSON library in Clojure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the process of updating this? I, I think I remember you sharing the information how you went through with, I think, Alex Miller about like how to approach this. Um, so yeah, can you walk us through the process of contributing, sort of, to well, I put in air quotes, core library.
1: Yeah, uh, it is, um, it is super interesting uh, and super frustrating. And uh, <laughs> I think that if Alex hears this, he will be smiling because he basically said that this is uh, this is how interesting and frustrating it is to deal with uh, with Rich as well. Mm-hmm. And. A thing is that as I think as humans, we tend to come uh, with solutions to problems mm-hmm. rather than problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were so many times when I came up with a solution and then Alex went ahead and you know, he asked, so which problem are you now solving? And that was um, uh, it. So the problem I was trying to solve was to make um, data JSON faster, but even you know, that is a solution to another problem. So what does it mean to make something faster? Uh, what are you making it faster for? Mm-hmm. Because you could, well, I'm making it faster for JSON, but what is JSON? Is it small JSON payloads? Is it larger pay- JSON payloads? Um, is this for just for JVM or is it for JVM and uh, Script? Or mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a host of these uh, trade-offs that uh, I might have made in my head
0: Right, but I didn't articulate them. Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when did how did you even start this process? Were you frustrated with any other JSON libraries, or you felt like the core library should be as fast as the others, or? Um, I
1: I th- I think I must have been bored, <laughs> and I was sort of looking for a side project. And um, you know how how hard can it be to to parse JSON, right? And, right. uh so I reached out to, so I wanted to sort of write my own thing. Uh, and then I reached out to uh, to uh, to Alex and asked if if it was possible to sort of uh, start off how like um, license-wise could I start off of some of the ideas in data.json. And then Alex said like, yeah, but why don't you just speed up data.json instead? And mm-hmm. um, that's how we started and, and I think also importantly, there was that uh Alex put a lot of uh structure and rigidity to this process, right? So okay. um you know let's let's start with benchmarking and see uh where it is slow, why it is slow, and is it slow, uh mm-hmm. like basically starting from first principles there. So mm-hmm. uh it was very instructive to, to work that way.
0: Right. And like so, how was the process of like you're focusing on some parts, you're improving it, and what was like the end goal? When would you know that you're finished with uh, improvements of the speed and, like you know, pushing this over the I would say your own edge? Where would you like to have it?
1: Yeah, so. um so that was sort of, I pushed it to where I was able to make it faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still slower than both, uh, especially Jason Ista, but also Cheshire. And mm-hmm. like in the small, it's uh, faster than Cheshire, but it's uh, when you get to larger uh, uh, Jason things, it's mm-hmm. um, it's still slower. How uh, nice. Chris Neuenberger, yeah. I think that's how he spell it, uh, yeah. pronounces his name. Uh, he's done, uh, he's like gone even further. Um, yeah. Uh, and dropped down to Java and uh, got some really good speed improvements there but I sort of limited myself I think to what I could do in pure closure Mm -hmm. and uh, I also didn't feel comfortable uh, starting to deal with um, you know uh, maintaining your own buffers and avoiding garbage collection and then uh, dealing directly with byte arrays and going full low level as they do in uh, in Jackson. And I guess uh, Chris also goes fairly low level there. That would be right. too much for me on a side
0: project. Yeah, I don't remember what's the name of the library uh, that Chris released, but uh, yeah, I know this was also, uh, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that's Chris, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh what was like i don't even know like where to pitch this further um uh, what else like are you maintaining or you working on with closure and uh, you've been in the community for quite a while you also given some talks um mm-hmm. i think let's start with this uh is there anything else that you're working on in the community um no
1: i don't think so i have a little library called uh, depths deploy uh mm-hmm. that basically helps you deploy uh depths.eden projects to um Uh, to to, to close ours, but that's basically done, I think. Um, And, well, I I do run this very, very small, but not insignificant thing for us in Oslo. There's a Oslo closure Mm launch, which is uh, a reaction to a failed Oslo closure meetup. Mm -hmm. So, um, we had this closure meetup and um, uh, me and August Lilos and We had like the first couple of times we had some participants and then all of a sudden one night we sat there and we were all alone. And then we said, you know, screw this, uh, not interesting. And um, so I figured, but it was nice to sort of meet the community and uh, like at lunch, that was what suited me best. So uh, basically every once in a while, maybe once a month, I invite or I send out um, this invite to a lunch uh, in Oslo and we just gather and eat lunch at a indian restaurant downtown and that's very very low effort it's just you show up there's no pre- presentations no nothing right. but it at least creates a little bit of community cool
0: yeah i um, i you know i was wondering about this and i asked this uh, question to a couple of people like you've been in the community for quite a while do you see the community changing in any way do you see how it was at the beginning and like how's it now and maybe where's it heading uh, it's changed, I think. Uh,
1: like I miss people like uh, Tim Baldridge and Zach Tellman and mm-hmm. Chaz Emmerich. and like these people that were, you know, somewhat the heroes uh, when I got into closure. Mm-hmm. And um, but then they've been replaced by by other people. Uh, so. I guess it's I guess it's just sort of a um, matureness of, of the um, of the community mm-hmm. All right
0: mm-hmm. and like what do you do day to day like in, in using closure like what kind of product are you building and like what's the stack if you will
1: okay so uh, we're building a SAS project or SAS product in uh, in the enterprise architect uh, space mm-hmm. uh, enterprise architecture is um, somewhat diffuse, but basically you can think of it as um, if you were to enter a two million line code base, right? If you have a thousand line code base, you can, you can see what's going on, what dependencies are there and what you need to do to refactor it and all that. But if you have like a huge code base, then you start to need some tools to analyze this to figure out what like, where your risks are and um, uh, where you want to refactor, what you want to delete and, and so on. And now, If you bring that up to the organizational level, that's basically um, enterprise architecture. Mm -hmm. Uh, So dealing with uh, IT systems and people uh, in companies so large that you don't have them in your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The stack that we're on. uh, So currently, uh, currently, currently, we're on MongoDB and Postgres as Mm -hmm. our main databases. Mm -hmm. Uh, We started out with Mongo and we're now transitioning to Postgres. This is a project that uh, I've been working on now for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've pitched the talk to several conferences, but it hasn't been ac- accepted. It's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a little bit frustrating because I think it's a really, really interesting topic. Um, so we have that at the bottom. Um, and then we use uh, JDBC Next and uh, Honey SQL to interact with Pro- uh, Postgres. Mm-hmm. Monger to interact with, um, uh, with Mongo. And uh, write it for uh, routing, and uh, we use a healthy dose of Medley for um, those kind of core functions that are not in core. Yeah. Um, and uh, we use Spec um, for validation, mm-hmm. um, and we also have used and we still use uh, some of uh, Plumatic Schema. Mm-hmm. And on the front end, it's uh, TypeScript and React with some older libraries thrown in for mm-hmm. good measure
0: so on the front end you don't have any closure script or anything like this
1: we have a small uh part of the front end which is in closure script and there we uh, uh use
0: reframe mm-hmm. yeah um was there uh, is there uh, so i guess for the front end are you using shadow cljs or are you using any build other build tools uh
1: they're using shadow yes uh, yeah. and it's been going on for I think uh it's hard to talk about time right now but say let's say 2018 so at that point I think shadow was fairly new so um but it served us well and I think it was instrumental in sort of making the closure scripts um part embeddable into the into the javascript part
0: right right mm-hmm. yeah um, any, like, apart from migration from, uh, you know, Postgres or from Mongo to Postgres, uh, did you encounter any other challenges in, like, closure stack? Do you feel like there's some something's missing? Uh, I'm You know, I'm not really saying, like, for you particularly, for your business, uh, mm-hmm. but in general, in community, do you feel it will be better if, for example, X existed or anything like this?
1: Um, no, I'm just so, I'm super happy, and... I guess um, the stuff that I'm sort of like, you, you, when, you, when you start with Clojure, it's like, oh yeah, it's got concurrency primitives, and it's got the SDM and you can write and stimulations and all the rest of it. But um, in my sort of day-to-day job, um, I find that the most important thing in Clojure is actually that we have S-expressions and that you have tools like uh, edit which uh, it just makes manipulating code so much easier than if you sort of jump into JavaScript and even though your editor will insert parentheses and stuff, it's just so much more of a manual job to, to write the code.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think a lot of people don't even realize this and they don't, before they come to like Lisp and Clojure, they don't really... Feel it, but then mm-hmm. when you you do it, you feel like it's coming back to the cave more or less. When you have to re- edit the code in the in the other languages,
1: um, yeah. It it was sort of interesting. There's a there's a com- competing or another uh, podcast called uh, Software Unscripted by mm-hmm. Richard Feldman. Mm-hmm. He's a developer of a uh, programming language called Rock, and mm-hmm. they're developing a an editor to go with this language. I see. And, he was like talking in these sort of paredity kind of uh, you know it would be really nice if we can do these kinds of things and then i tweeted at him and i said like sounds like you haven't used par and yeah. uh he hadn't right so he right. Um, uh right uh, so so i think you're right right uh, if you haven't used this you don't do not understand the powers of it
0: right right exactly yeah um you know, the reason why I ask this question is sometimes when I talk to people trying to learn closure and stuff like this and I have some feedback, uh the struggle sometimes that I get is uh people like every code base of Clojure is always different because there mm-hmm. is no specific structure. You know, if you think about any Rails app, everything has the same structure. You go from one project to another and everything is laid out and more or less, you know, yeah, uh what what is it was the saying? The uh no configuration I, I was forget. A uh, convention over configuration, exactly. right? Right, yeah. yeah. So there is some kind of conventions. And I feel mm-hmm. like one of the tools in the Clojure community is the polyleth, uh, where they try to standardize sort of how you can ha- how you can really architect the app. Uh, so I'm also wondering, do you have also, when you hire new people, do you also have the same feeling where you need to explain where everything is and stuff like this? or?
1: Um, not really, because I, I sort of, um, I like to think of our back-end code base as fairly clean and fairly structured um so it is like you go over here and you find that um and you go over here and you find that and um also i think that um like i when when we hire we like to hire for longer periods of time Mm -hmm. so it's uh to me it's I don't need. It's really nice when developers are productive from day one, yeah. but I don't need that to happen because my perspective is uh, is so much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, so uh, regarding Polylith, uh, we had a tech talk uh, where someone was, uh, where Joe at work was uh, advocating for Polylith, mm-hmm. and I was not all that receptive to. Mm-hmm. Polylith, the tool, but I was very receptive to Polylith, the idea. So um, having clear interfaces between uh, different modules in the app, yes, uh, let's do that. Uh, but let's not start by adopting polyleth, uh and then try to figure out the, the interfaces. Because to me, um, figuring out the interfaces and making the code manageable is much more important than having the tool uh, to support that.
0: Right, right. Yeah and I think you know since you're in in uh, no you're in Norway uh, the yes. tool has been invented not far from uh, from where you are so maybe Yeah so I some... can't even go not invented here right <laughs> Right <laughs> Right Cool uh, what But I think
1: you... I just wanted to pick up on that uh, which is an important uh, thing to me is when when looking at new tech um mm-hmm. I think it's so important that you look beyond the implementation and you look at the idea that it tries to um, uh, implement uh, right. because and, and see how how can you incorporate those ideas into your code base and then you know down the yeah. road you might uh, also adopt the technology
0: yeah um, ask one more questions about like libraries in closure committee. Um, what would you list as your maybe top three libraries without which you could not uh, move around in Clojure community?
1: Um, I'll broaden the question a little bit. Um, I could not work without CIDR. Uh, I could not work without, like CLJ Condo has been saving us so many times, even Mm -hmm. though I used to maintain Eastwood. Mm -hmm. Um, CLJ Condo is, um, it's faster, it's better. Um, Mm that's uh and if i was to talk about the code base it's the closure core library uh i think with that uh we could do a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah cool uh would there be anything else that you think would be worth talking about um
1: no but i think we need to mention uh daniel compton who's been like instrumental also in setting up clj commons Um and, um, um, and also, uh, Sean Corfield, uh, he's also been helping a lot mm-hmm. and being like the, uh, secure, uh, person who I can ask advice of, uh, and mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with questions regarding CLJ comments. So that's, um. That's really good to have those people,
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and I think also if uh, you know if you're a closure developer and you or your company is not contributing to closures together, please go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and speaking of uh, uh, sponsorship and stuff, uh, CLJ Commons does not accept uh, sponsorships because we're just uh, very loosely formed organization but if you see like you have your favorite library that is being that you're using and it's being maintained by someone under CLJ Commons, then please go ahead and, uh, and sponsor uh, the people that actually do maintain cool
0: yeah cool. absolutely all right Eric uh, thanks a lot for taking the time chatting about CLJ Commons and all the other work that you're doing and uh, yeah I guess I catch you some other time
1: thank you for having me it's been a pleasure sure.